The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. What's going on, great people across the Keystone State? We're back with another exciting episode of the PA High School Football Report podcast. I'm Nebby Asais here with my colleagues and high school sports editor, Brian Linder, Eric Epler, and Dan Sossett. Fellas, what's the word? What's going on? Happy Tuesday. Nebby, we're all together one more time. We got together before the state championships. The band's back together. Um, We've had a little bit of time to digest since the season ended. Uh, you know, and here we are. I got no notes. We're just going to, you know, freestyle this thing and, and kind of talk about uh, the end of the season, some of our thoughts coming out of the season and what we saw at state championships and signing day. Signing day, this podcast will come out later in the week, but signing day is actually tomorrow. We have a handful of local kids and a handful of big-time kids uh, signing across the state. guys. Where are we going to start this thing? We're going to talk. We're going to go back and rewind a little bit. State championships, kind of thoughts we have coming out of the season. Uh, we had two uh, local state champs, Steel High here in Harrisburg, uh, won the Class A uh, state title, and uh, Bishop McDevitt. Eric Epler yes. is a McDevitt grad. I am. You laid it down. Said they got to be tough. They got to win the game. They got to hit them in the mouth. Eric, they did it. And they did it right up the jump too, right? With a little, uh, little seventy-yard pitch to a uh, little slant deep. So I don't know, flyer or whatever you want to call it, uh, to Tyshawn Russell, who had one of the uh, one of the all-world games and championship finals with uh, four catches, four touchdowns, and a buck twenty-one uh, in receiving yards. But yeah, they did it. They had to prove to themselves. So, and, and again, we had talked about the talent level at McDevitt matching Aliquippa on every front, if not being even maybe on paper better uh, than Aliquippa. Um, and they caught him. They caught him at the, they caught him at the right time. They caught him hit uh, early and they set the tone and Aliquippa just, you know, remember last, uh, you know, 2021 McDevitt had a 13, nothing lead in that ball game. And Aliquippa just slowly make back own the third quarter. And that was it. But um, McDevitt didn't let that happen this year. And it, it all comes down to that defense. Um, I don't know that I've seen a better defensive performance out of one kid than we saw out of Riley Rebell, the defensive tackle for Bishop McDevitt. Um, and Aliquippa's line is Aliquippa's line. It's it's no joke. Uh, Crowder and the boys and McBride are tremendous, tremendous, big time physical athletes. And um, and Robel just kind of blew that right out of the water. Um, so yeah, it was it was a fantastic game. Uh, great for Bishop McDevitt. First title since '95, and that was a two-way title. Uh, we question whether they even belonged in that in that one, but um, yeah, they played uh, they played really well. You talk about guys. You talk about that quick out the gates, Eric. To me, this this was like going into the second quarter. Guys, it was following a similar game script. McDevitt got out quick. I mean, it was almost the same game. And Aliquippa was driving down the field. They're starting to get chunk little chunks. There's one on them. You can see them breaking a little bit. I think Ty Kephart, that interception was huge because it it swung momentum one more time, and instead of instead of McDevitt letting them continue, they just started to pile it on. But but 
you know, you mentioned Riley Rebell too. He's almighty. Guys, that that kid decided he didn't want to be nobody was gonna stop him. He was gonna go win the football I, game. So I, I talked to to Riley after both both championship games. I talked to him after last year's game against um last year's lost Alquip in the title game. And so I walked up to him after for this game and kind of say, Hey, uh, we talked to you here last year and you said you guys would be back and I was just kind of asked him what his mindset was, and he said, "Listen, for one whole year, I had a photo on my the background of my phone was a picture of the fourth down yard marker that Aliquippa inched past on fourth and one to win that game last year. He looked at it every morning and said it made him angry. And boy, did it! I mean, did you see that anger come out on the field? It was just like an it was it was something you'd see in a movie or something. Like honestly, he was just he couldn't be blocked." But I, I, I do want to go back to that Kephart play because that was kind of the theme of the weekend for me is there were a lot of seniors like Robel that kind of really showed out. But one thing that just really stuck out to me with the three mid-pin teams that were in from Steel High and McDevitt, the winners, and even Harrisburg, the loser, is guys like Kephart who are going to be back next year. The, just the tons of all the mid-pin teams that made the championship games this year have tons of returning talent. Tons. Like this is... This is not a flash in the pan year for the mid pen. Now, I'm not saying they're going to get three teams back in title games next year, but you had guys like Ty Kephart, Stone Saunders, uh, Rico Scott on McDevitt. Then you have uh, Nevin Hopkins, Jerry Rawlson. Then in Steel High, you have Ronald Burnett, the Irbys, uh, you know, um, Jayon Perry, uh, people like that. Then Harrisburg, you had Elias Koch earning a West Virginia scholarship offer basically off of a couple routes he ran. That's That's how you. That, and then um, obviously Sean Lee will be back, Kevin Brown, those type of guys. There's so much talent left, and and we got to see a lot of veterans get some titles, like Riley Rebell and uh, you know Tyshawn Russell, guys like that. But we also saw kind of the guys that are still going to be here next year, which is even crazier. You know, guys, I think the most interesting part about this year's state championships were that we had a lot of guys who had statement games. In the one A game, we had Jayon Perry who'll be returning as a senior like we, you just talked about, Dan. But he told me after the game that he, he really just wanted to go out there and prove why he's one of the top receivers then. His coach, Andrew Irby, said that after that game, his mailbox would be full. So Jayon definitely got it done for his team. And then you have Tyshawn Russell, who kind of plays the back row to Rico Scott here and there. But, I mean, he caught four touchdown passes. All four of his catches were touchdown passes. He, he surprised me. Really big game. Stone threw five touchdown passes, one to Rico Scott. Got Cade Werner, who who caught the other intercepted pass for Bishop McDevitt's defense. Their defense was lights out, man. And then, you know, unfortunately, Harrisburg didn't come out with the win. But you had guys like Kyle Williams Jr. who never stopped running and eventually scored one more touchdown before the end of his high school career. But a lot of these guys were mentioning, like Marquise Williams, who scored one. His coach from Minnesota was on the sideline in that McDevitt game. We got some top guys in the mid-pen who are signing to the schools of their dreams tomorrow. Riley Robel, Marquise Williams, Kyle Williams Jr., and, and, and many other guys who didn't get a chance to play in the state championship game, like a, a Wyatt Cooper out of Trinity, um, who, who made it to the state semifinal for the first to watch. And I think that, you know, next year is going to be a bit exciting, but this year is going to be one that we re- remember here in Central PA for years to come. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned Harrisburg. I want to jump back there real quick again. You know, Harrisburg got beat up guys by St. Joe's Prep, but I don't think people understand exactly what Harrisburg was up against. You guys saw it 
in person. I mean, tell yeah. tell folks about this St. Joe's prep team. I think we saw like we had to have seen at least a, a hand of five fingers worth of uh, NFL player, future NFL players on that field. Like it, at least high, high level college athletes. It's just uh, the the talent level St. Joe's prep had was kind of it was it's something when you're looking at the roster. It's another thing when you see it out there and see how much. It seemed what they did to Harrisburg is what Harrisburg did to, you know, the lower levels of the Commonwealth. And then you look at the roster size difference. Harrisburg, I believe, the third smallest roster in the state championships, regardless of classifications. St. Joe's clearly the biggest. So, I mean, it was it was pretty much you don't, you don't like saying it was over before the game started, but it was it was a tall mountain to climb. You know, we get back into that private public sort of discussion there. Um, and, and, and St. Joe's every year they, they're in it. That seems to roll out here and, you know, be, be, be as it may. You're right. I think they had over 80 players, guys, right? And Harrisburg had like 37. Yeah. It was a little bit like 300. But you know what? Harrisburg came out and they moved the ball early. And some of the stuff that was going on with Harrisburg, I think St. Joe's was with some funny stuff on defense where, um, they, they were kind of calling out some defensive cadences. And uh, I think that really, you know, they got a couple of uh, a couple flags for it. Um, yeah. Harrisburg must have had 12, I don't know, false starts. You guys, I know better now. If they could have cleaned it up a little bit, I think it could have been a little bit more competitive game. But that's just a loaded team. And, and Samaj Jones, I just think, so impressive. He's, he's sort of in that mold of what we see these new uh, sort of successful type quarterbacks who can run and pass like, like the Jalen Hurts, I swear he looks just like Jalen Hurts to me. Craziest play Samaj Jones made in that game. I think Ep, Ep turned to me after it. It was it wasn't even a completion. I don't even know. If, I don't even know if the play count, counted. I forget if it counted or not. It was just a throwaway, and we were kind of thinking, you know, he's more of that mobile quarterback mold, kind of a running around. The kid threw the ball further than the, a a threw the ball further than any quarterback I've seen this year by far. It was the strongest throw I've seen all year. When like. It was both height, velocity, everything went like 60 yards back into the corner of the end zone. I, I, I think Epp turned to me and said, whoa. So I think I, I think uh, Samaj Jones impressed in numerous ways. He has some solid offers, but there, he, I, he's going to get more, right? I mean, with, like I said, I, I just keep seeing Jalen Hurts, guys. I, I got to feel like some bigger schools are going to get on him here. Well, that's the thing. You're two inches taller. You know, it would be a completely different story with him. And that's the honest to God's truth. Uh, the kid is an absolute gamer. Uh, Dan's right. He's got one of the most powerful arms. And, you know, and he's he's still developing that finesse thing. But you see it all the time. You know, people see saying, well, yeah, he's, a, he's got a big arm. He's a good runner. But, you know, to be a complete quarterback, well, he is a complete quarterback. I mean, he makes really good decisions. He doesn't hurt. He doesn't test. If he's rolling right, he doesn't throw against his body, you know, where, where it's a danger zone. You know that's usually an automatic pickoff when you do things like that. He doesn't do things like that. You know, he's just a smart, tough, honorary football player, and he's a gamer. He's a, he's a guy you want on the field. Even if he didn't play quarterback, I would want him on the field somewhere. That's how good, that's how good of a football mind he is and, and, and shows his talent overall. The kid has a lot of heart, that's for sure. And when I talk to a lot of fans post-game um, from the Harrisburg community and they ask me my thoughts on the game, I said this. Every school has a football team. Harrisburg has a football team. Phil High has a football team. 
But I told them St. Joe's Prep has a football program. And there's a difference. Those guys are equipped. They come with the skill set. They have the coaches. They have the depth. They have the facilities at their schools. They're fully invested in their athletes. Not saying that these other institutions I just mentioned don't have access to those same things, but that's the difference maker there. And, you know, Samaj Jones is just a different kid. And uh, it, it really proved in that game, you know, especially with the, the health, you know, towards the end of the season. You see some of these guys on Harrisburg sidelines, like a Makai Hopkins, who's playing on the tour in ACL, and Amir Granberry, who has brain ankle. And we don't have any other guys that can fill in for you. Well, you know, the other team that's fully healthy and stacked, that's prepared, comes out on top. And that's what we saw there at the state champion. You know what that game made me realize? How good was that Mount Lebanon team last year? Because they, right. they handed it to St. Joe's Prep last year. That that just goes to show. I mean, I, I've been accused of having the Whippeal bias here, but they do kind of well, build them differently over in the Western well, PA. They were, they were a good veteran team, but I also do think that they called that team at just yeah. the right time. Exactly. That was sort of when they were changing the guard, coming yeah. into these these new kids. And and that's the thing about St. Joe's Prep. You know, I have people, again, people go with the public-private discussion, and I tell them, look, the PIAA rules are the PIAA rules, and, and they're playing bomb, whether you like it or not, and they're going to be back next year. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more. And you know what, Brian, that's another note I wanted to touch on, the whole private sector versus the prep school thing. I watched St. Joe's prep play, and I, I went to school in the CIAA. I went to Bowie State University. I mean, I covered a lot of football while I was there. did a lot of video editing for the program. And um, I, I looked over to one of the reporters. I don't know if he was from Fox 5 or ABC. And I told him, this St. Joe's prep team could be some schools in CIAA. Probably compete with some guys in the PSAC. That's just how pretty darn good they were. <laughs> it might be, it might it might be, be the something. best city, okay? Yeah. I don't put it past them. That's the other thing that does impress me about them. Because you can say what you want to say about the talent. Um, and they did have a few flags, um, like I said, on defense, they, they don't make mistakes. They're very well coached. Well, Harrisburg is too. I mean, all credit to them, but they don't make mistakes. You know, they didn't hurt themselves in the same way Harrisburg did. But guys, before we kind of move on from the state championships and talk about a little few other things, any other guys from the state championships that really impressed you guys? I know we talked about a lot of local guys, statewide, any guys that really, I'll tell you one, guys, uh, I think he just got an offer from Sacred Heart. And I don't know how well he even do in college. But Ron Palmieri is a freaking football player, right? I mean, he had like 100, oh, 140 tackles on defense, like 3,000 yards on offense. All you, and, yeah, all you need to know is he won Post-Gazette uh, High School Player of the Year over Quinn Martin this year. And I don't think there's really – I don't think he can really argue that. I think he deserved it. And it's it's – he is – you know, we were talking a little about Samaj Jones with the size thing. He is literally all just too small. But they, we were told not only did he have a pick six, dominate on both sides of the ball in that state championship game, Mike Craig told us he was the last person out of that locker room cleaning up everything after his team afterwards. Yeah. He's literally the MVP in every single facet. That kid is a, a D-A-W-G dog. I don't, know what, I don't know what he'll do in college, but uh- – I take the guy on my team and, and, and let him have a spot, try to figure it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and Mount Lebanon had a guy like that last year as well that, that, that took it to St. Joe's prep. It, it, it's just, you know, these guys do show up and they're, they're a little bit undersized when you come to the, you know, well, you want this kind of prototype size at, at the next level. Uh, and that's, that's what it is. And there's, there's enough of those guys across the country. You get your hands on a couple and then, you know, the, some of these guys fall through the cracks, not fall through the cracks because obviously you gotta, you gotta roster up at these FCS schools as well too. But as far as getting into that sort of FBS ranks, um, and even the lower tier teams and the middle tier teams, and then you go up to some Mac teams and things like that, you know, these guys fall through the cracks. And I think for a guy like Palmieri, it's, you know, and I don't want to say where he goes, he's going to transfer, but the portal is, is, a, is an opportunity for some of these guys too now. Um, if he does go to a sacred heart and does extremely well, you know, can he bump himself up? I mean, he's the kind of guy you could see bumping up and maybe showing up at a, at a Villanova or, a, you know, even higher level. So he's one of those guys. And we see a lot of those guys on, um, on championship week. We really do. Um, you know, I, I was, I was impressed. I mean, obvi- it was obviously that new McGretti, uh, you know, was missing Sean battle. Uh, you know, one of the state's top guys, um, you know, in that game against Bell Vernon, um, you know, as far as two way, uh, with a great story in a district eight team, Pittsburgh city league team, Westinghouse, um, you know, coming into the Cumberland Valley, you know, unbeaten and taking on Southern Columbia, Jim Roth. I don't know how many wins he has now. It's like 480 or something like that. Some ridiculous number. I think he's sixth all time nationwide uh, as far as wins go um, at the scholastic level. But, you know, they had to Westinghouse never quit in that one. Uh, and this might have been Jim Ross' best coaching job in the past 15 years. And they've been here, what, nine, ten times in a row? So um, so it's just storylines like that, I think, were important. I think the other big storyline uh, that we had a little bit of chance to talk about was, uh, was Cumberland Valley playing host. I mean, this is the first time since 1998. 98. Or I don't even know if Dan was born yet. Were you born yet, Dan, in 98? I was four years old. I was born in 97, Evan. <laughs> they, okay, there you go. Since Dan was four years old, that Hershey Park Stadium didn't host the championships, and I thought for 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 year one, I thought it was a great, uh, great, great job by CV and everybody that uh, that took part in helping out and making that um, you know situation great. I mean, yeah, okay, the we had some we had some uh, a little bit of uh, complaints from some Western PA media folks, but you know, I, I again, we had two press boxes to work out of. We had an inside this. Uh, a field house conference room set aside for us. Um, I think they fed Dan at least twice a day. Is that right, Dan? Oh, yeah. I, I got the full uh, Cumberland Valley cafeteria experience. It was wonderful. I love cafeteria. <laughs> so. I'll tell you what. Well, sarcasm at all, by the way. I legitimately love cafeteria. I saw a lot of fans say you liked it. I saw a lot of fans say you liked the experience. And, you know, yeah. Cumberland Valley's got the new lights and stuff. So they put on the light shows for the kids and stuff. The light show was nice. We had about, I think, total was a little over fifteen grand. I think for for attendance wise, that's all six games. Uh, it's not bad. Obviously, it could be better. It could always be better. But uh, but I thought all in all for year one, it was a it was a terrific display uh, for the championship. And yeah, so it was it was a fun three days. Yeah, give me a full feeling stadium at a high school over a. Third, a two-thirds empty pro stadium. I, it just, I, I feel like unless you're going to fill that stadium up, I don't think it really gives 
I, I really don't buy the whole it's a better experience thing. I think it's way more fun to have a game that actually sounds loud. And a lot of those games sounded very loud. That's kind of what we're, we're talking about in state championships. Locally, as we turn the page and go into some things, uh, you know, I thought we had really nice coaching jobs by a handful of coaches, Bob Bowden at West Perry, Jordan Hill over at Trinity with a great coaching job. Jeff Wechter breaks through, gets his first state title in 25 years. Cal Everett, anything locally, you know. Andrew as we, Irby. Uh, Andrew Irby with the state title again, second time in three years. And anything locally, you know, Central PA-wise, you guys think of as we, we wrap up this season? Well, on the Andrew Irby tip, I know we were just talking about guys who really shined at the state championship games. I really want to talk about the eruption of Ronald Burnett, um, someone who we've talked about a lot. And, you know, the kid had three touchdowns in all three of his last games. I think he even had three touchdowns against Winber. And like we talk about in one of our staff meetings, I don't think still high gets to the state championship game and wins the state title without Ronald Burnett, who scored all three of their touchdowns you know, in the game against Union area. So definitely someone to watch out for, especially for his senior year next year. And just a kid who just displays a gruesome amount of heart and is just consistent each and every time he puts those pads on. They're going to be 1A favorites again next year, I would think. You know, with Irby coming, Alex Irby, Andrew Irby, Jayon Perry's back. Eugene Green, that whole junior class. That's a good good story. Mine, I think, I think my favorite story this year um, you kind of mentioned a little bit. I just think the West Perry football team was just such a good story. Best season in program history. First time ever, 12 wins. First time ever, win two playoff games. Just a community that, you know, it's, it's, it's just people who have grown up there. It's a very, it's a really close knit community up there in Elliotsburg. Those, fo- those football Fridays are fun. Everyone in town goes there. You might not be able to get cell phone service if you have AT&T like I do, but the games are fun enough. You don't need to be looking at your phone, watching Marcus Quaker play. They were just such a fun team to watch this year. And a lot of those guys are going to be back next year. So they'll have a chance to have them bigger. So that was, that was probably a storyline for me that I just, I just really enjoyed watching that, that team go to work. And, you know, they ran into why missing at the end of the day. And well, West Perry's not going to beat why missing most days, but uh, really a season that West Perry should be proud of. They are, you know, no offense to Perry County, but they are organic. There's nobody transferring in to West Perry. No. Uh, you're not getting any secret transfer ins, you know, to boost that up. So they are a little bit of a throwback type team where it's kind of, that's kind of like who, who they are is who they have been and who they will be, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so they, that is kind of neat about them that they were able to get to, you know, as far as they did, have to, Big season they had with, with the group that essentially just been together forever. Yeah, I definitely tip my hat to Coach Bob Bowden. He's an amazing guy to talk to. Uh, just just an awesome man all around. Marcus Quaker is a great kid, Ian Goodling, and I can't forget my guy Derek Snook. Man, you know when I watched him play Steel High, that guy's a tank. He's a beast. Trent Herrera runs hard. He gets it done on defense too at his safety position. I think another team I want to credit Brian, Eric, and Dan is State College. You know, they're one of the other teams that were undefeated throughout the regular season into the postseason before losing to Harrisburg. And, uh, you know, Finn Fermanac had a big year. He had a big year. Deontay Sheffy, Steven Skirtis, the list goes on. But so many mid-pen teams that performed spectacularly. And I think we have a lot more football left to see in the years to come, too, especially next year. My my big one is Trinity, um, just because I obviously – where they started and challenging their whole program, Jordan Hill and his young coaching staff, 
challenging these guys against Roman Catholic, number one, then back it up with why I'm missing the next week. Uh, obviously, two losses for them, but they learned. They had some bumps in the road. Uh, you know, you're running behind a freshman running back who, who's just fi- who's figuring it out. Um, you've got some, obviously you've got some really good senior guys, but just a small amount of those guys who are players and just the whole, the whole package on how it just sort of peaked at the end of the year to get to the state semifinals and so many, yeah, you got ousted by Southern Columbia, which happens a lot to our D3 champ a couple of years ago was Macklin Ayers, you know, at Upper Dolphin going up and, and, you know, and, and taking a loss against Southern Columbia. That happens. But to get to that point with everything that they went through during the season, I mean, look at quarterback Caleb Ray. We, you know, he, he was struggling mm-hmm. midseason. And I don't want to say he officially got benched, but he was pulled for, from the lineup for, uh, you know, a couple of quarters. And he comes back in. And I don't know if there was a kid playing with more confidence by the end of the year. I mean, he looked and, and he looked the part, played the part, and, and just delivered. You know, he, he wasn't throwing for 300 yards a game. But when they needed third and eight, he somehow got it for them. Yeah. So it, it, to me, it was, a, it, was a, it was a perfect finish. Well, the perfect finish would have been one week later. But it was a perfect finish to what they wanted to accomplish there at Trinity. Uh, so I give them a lot of credit for, for getting to the state semis. Guys, as we move forward, obviously signing days tomorrow, we got a, a, a you know, pretty good class here. Kyle Williams Jr. is going to Temple. Marquise Williams going to Minnesota, Riley Robel to James Madison, Gabriel Renner to Virginia Tech. Vincent Carroll Jackson is a Syracuse commit. Uh, who, who, am I, who am I forgetting here, guys? Wyatt Cooper, Stony Brook. We're going to Stony Brook, you know. Yep. He had a knee injury. Who'd you say? Tyshawn. Tyshawn Russell going to South Carolina. Just committed to South Carolina a few days ago. Yep. Got a good class of seven or eight kids here. Um, I'll say one of my favorite memories from the season was Kyle Williams Jr. He's going to Temple. They were down seven to nothing against State College, trying to get the state championship. He ended up with like 200. Ep, you covered the game. Yeah. 264 yards and four touchdowns. A lot of that I felt like was Kyle Williams just saying he was going to the state championship. Well, at, you know? that, at that point, too, they were, they were sort of, um, first of all, it was in obviously Mansion Park, Altoona. The wind gusts were probably thirty to forty miles an hour. So even if Sean, even if they wanted to go vertical, you could only do it literally when you had with the wind. And then you always, you know, you're always ten to fifteen yards thrown it past the receiver. So it's just uh, throwing the ball was a nightmare. You know, there were snow flurries. It was I don't know. It had to be fifteen twenty degrees. It was freezing. So all those you factored in. They were really relegated to giving it to Kyle Williams to run the ball. And what that kid did, it didn't surprise me, but as the numbers mounted, I was thinking, holy hell, like this is this is remarkable. Because as you know, State College is not a bad defense. They're pretty good against the run. And it was just the Kyle Williams show to keep them in that ball game. You know? And I it was it was it was one of the best individual performances that I've seen under the harshest conditions. He he is not, he's not the biggest kid. No, he's not the fastest kid. No, but I'm excited as all get out to see. I talked to him tonight, and Temple's going to use him at running back, but they're going to put him in motion a lot, try to mm-hmm. flex him out to the slot. 
I'm excited to see. I think he's a kid. Go to a program like Temple and have a really nice career, a really solid career. He's going to get the most out of everything. He's he's one of those kids that you know. It you don't know where he's going to end up, but you know that wherever he does, it will be because he played every last ounce of football that he possibly could play. Yeah, about seven about seven eight years ago, Harrisburg quarterback Jalen Fitzpatrick wound up at Temple, and obviously they converted him to a wide receiver. And he wound up having a really nice career. I mean, he was a guy that you could count on. You could t- you could say that 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 quarterback mind of his, you know, showed up on the field. He was kind of the on field leader for them and had a really nice career. I see that for for Williams too. Maybe it's a little bit more explosive that they might be using him at running back, but I think they'll find ways to to generate touches for that guy um, in the very near future. Because I mean, I would. He just he's a tough physical football player. And you're right. He's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. But, man, he's a football player. Yeah. Uh, that, those kind of guys you want to get the rock to. Yeah, I agree with you, Apple. I remember being in the eighth grade and watching uh, Jalen Fitzpatrick sign to the Temple. And yep. Like you said, just like Kyle Williams, he wasn't the biggest guy, fastest or the strongest, but he just played with a lot of heart. He was a dog, and he knew what he was doing on the field. And I feel like with any athlete like that, especially in today's game, any coach would die to have you on that team. So. Yep. You know, another guy in this class, guys, Riley Robel is slated to sign with James Madison. James Madison was in the top 25 this year. If they get the ink on the paper with this kid, and pretty sure they are, <laughs> he took photos in James Madison gear tonight. That, I think that's a heck of a steal for them. I, I really thought after that performance against Aliquippa, some power fives might even look at him. I know he's probably maybe an inch shorter than they like or stuff like that, but He's the type of guy that could go to James Madison and end up in a camp, you know what I'm saying, when this is all done, and make a team. Well, well, you mentioned that uh, you thought he might take an offer something. I'm just saying that the type of kid Riley Rebell seems to be, he seems like the kid that kid that might kind of be like, hey, you didn't want me before this, <laughs> you know, buzz off. I'm, I'm sticking with James Madison because they've been – They've been my team. Though I, he seems like a guy that goes to kind of beats to the beat of his own drum. You know, really is just believes in himself. And uh, I, I mean, I know maybe if, you know Penn State comes and says, "Hey, Riley Rebell, want to play football for us?" He, that might be a little different. But I could, I could imagine him just turning into being like, "Hey, I'm a James, Ma- I'm, I'm head to James Madison." And I've had a good hamburger in James Madison before, so uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> well, he, for a young guy, he is a legitimate sort of alpha male type guy. Like he's, he's, he's a young guy, but he's already a man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just watch him wrestle and win the wrestling state championship. Those guys got to have different mentalities anyway. And just watch those big guys from Aliquippa who, who, who are all going to play in college too. And the rough guys up all year and him just say, get off of me, you know, in that state title game. I really think, guys, he's the type of guy, a little bit of an undersized, maybe interior guy, who 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 I I, I swear I think he can end up on an NFL roster. He's a wrestler, he, wrestlers know leverage. They can they can if you're going to overcome lack of size, it's going to be via leverage. And wrestlers know leverage, and he's got he's got the leverage, he's got the wrestling, and he's got he's got the motor that will will literally never stop. So. And, and he's not a small guy. He's just. No. You know, he's not he's like he's six five three hundred, yeah, you know, six three three hundred, yeah. whatever he is. And I think the the Georges of the world and stuff, you know, unless they're absolutely freak athletes, they like them to six, you know, six four, six five, six six guys. 
And maybe that's where I didn't come through. But also, you know, two years ago, he was a linebacker, sort of slash defensive lineman who was just out there sort of running around. And now here he is. So and he was he was 230 pounds two years ago, and he's like 280, 300 now. So uh, anybody, Marquise Williams, great career, going to Minnesota. I thought he really, you know, I talked to Dan. I know, Dan, you felt like this. Epler, I, I think you felt like this too. You know, he's always had the skill sets, but he took it up a notch this year. That fourth quarter in the championship game, best I've ever seen Marquise Williams play, I, I, in my opinion. I He had some run. He's had bigger runs. He's had better. He's had longer runs. He's had more highlight reel runs. But I don't think he's had runs where he's had to earn every single yard that he that he gained, like he did in the. I think it was the final drive after a couple picks that kind of got Alquiba back in the game. And Marquise just he completely ground down a really good Alquiba run defense that people don't run on. And I thought that it was really cool to see see that happen to him, especially he took a big hit in that game too and was able to come back and put together that drive. It was the best I thought he played and it was a cool, I think he had a great playoff run as a whole. He he really played well and especially with, um you know, the loss of Sincere Bowers. Um, I think Maurice Barnes also was injured, uh, wasn't available for that championship game. Um, he really stepped up when they needed him because, you know, Stone Saunders, you forget because he <laughs> all those yards, all those passing yards. Kid's still a sophomore. He's, it's still nice to have a senior running back who's not going to screw up. Yeah, he was. Um, it was interesting because, like most when you, newcomers, when I first saw Marquise a few years ago, he was like Messiah Mickens. You know, they they want to make the move quick. You know, instead of hitting the hole, then make the move. You know what I mean? And and Marquise, it took Marquise a while um, to kind of get that, but once he did, you saw sort of the the light come on, mm-hmm. and. I can't recall if it was the cha- District 3 championship game against Manhattan Central or the week before that I was covering them. And the way he ran the ball was like an animal. I mean, he attacked every single hole. And once he got to that second level, then he started showing his moves and things like that, his breakaway speed. And it was one of the, it was one of the best, maybe the best um, performance that I saw by running back this year. And it was all because he was just attacking, attacking that first hole. And he gets himself so small through that, too. And then once he comes out, he's like this, like this just thoroughbred. I mean, he, he was definitely faster this year than I've ever seen him. He was stronger than I've ever seen him. And Dan is right. The last five or six games of Bishop McDevitt's season, uh, I thought he was basically unstoppable. If they wanted to run the ball for 350 yards, they could have. But again, it's McDevitt. You've got a lot of weapons and a lot, a lot of balls to go around on that offense. But that's the type of running back that I that I was. Like you, you, you saw him in those last six games, and you're like, okay, I get it. This is why this kid's going to be an FBS back. The the other two McDevitt guys who will be signing to Tyshawn Russell uh, to the South Carolina Gamecocks as a wide receiver, Gabriel Arena to Virginia Tech as an offensive tackle. Uh, guys, obviously, I think the storylines are there. I mean, Tyshawn had like 22 tackles last year. A lot of people were actually offering him as a defensive back coming into the year. Now you look, and I'm reading stories. You know, is he the going to be the difference maker at receiver for South Carolina? He had a heck of a season stepping up. And then Gabe Arena, guys, if, I think you'll know that. Like when he was a freshman and sophomore, I think one of the weak links on McDevitt's team was offensive line. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I, I was uh, 
I was not worried, but I was skeptical whether Gabe Arena would get there, would get to that point. Um, and I just, it, and it, again, I'm not, I'm not discrediting what this guy has done because he's done, he's been phenomenal for them. But I thought he got lost on that line when you had a couple of good linemen the last couple of years at Bishop McDevitt. I thought they overshadowed him a little bit. He didn't stand out to me. This year was diff- completely different. I mean, yes, you had Rebel on the thing. You had Chacon on the brain, on the line and guys like that. That offensive line was good. And if you're looking at him, you know, left to right, you're thinking, all right, this guy on the left is, is pretty good. Who is that? Oh, it's Gabe Arena. He, like he morphed in, in the offseason to me anyway. Uh, I know he had offers because, you know, he, he's got good size and good strength. But to me, he turned in – he really – turned into a powerful offensive line lineman this year. He's a really good athlete for a big guy. Like you can see he can move around well. He's fluid. Uh, but you're right. Like you could see the tools all along. And then this year you saw the little nasty mean streak come out in him too, where he would beat some guys up too instead of yeah. just sort of out athlete them. But you know, like I said, I think his freshman and sophomore season, it wasn't just him. I think as a whole, McDevitt, you know, like let's Let's go back to LaSalle College two years ago. Start the season. Yeah. Daryl Dengohe, who's also going to James Madison, which that's going to be a nasty interior with him and Riley Robel. He ate McDevitt up. Yep. But that changed. I mean, you, Cameron Zangle's another guy on the inside for them. Yep. He, but he was really the cornerstone, I think, for that offensive line improving over the last two years. And if he wouldn't have – if they wouldn't have got there, all these offensive weapons don't move. So – I, yep. you know, I think that's a good pickup for Virginia, Virginia Tech. And then Tyshawn Russell, guys, you watched him all year. Nebby, I know you saw this guy. Tell us about Tyshawn Russell, man. I think Tyshawn Russell was one of the most underrated people heading into this year in the season, and he really had a chip on his shoulder from him. And we saw that, you know, as the season progressed. We saw that against Emotep, where he performed. Rico Scott couldn't get rolling. And in the, in the finale, we saw that against Aliquippa. So he's just one of those stories of, it's not about the hype, man. Jim put it in that work, and that's what he did. Yeah, I don't even know if underrated is like does it justice. He came into this season never having a catch at the varsity level, and now he's a wide receiver at the University of South Carolina. It doesn't happen that much. Like I know, I know it's Bishop McDevitt. I know it's a good program where you don't sometimes don't get chances till your senior year. That's a pretty crazy jump to make, and. Uh, you know, a lot of people, some people thought of him more as a basketball player because he was, he was one of their leading scorers on the basketball team last year. Um, and I mean, really just an incredible story. And I mean, literally set the record and, um, set the state championship game record for most touchdowns. So I think, I think, I mean, didn't see a better receiver than him in the mid pen this year. You know, and I'll close it out guys. You know, we got two other guys. Wyatt Cooper to Stony Brook, the tight end from uh, Trinity. And he played defensive end there, too, but he's going to play tight end in college. And then Vincent Carroll Jackson, uh, CD East, right now he's committed to Syracuse. He's going to make an announcement at 3 o'clock. I guess he's going to do his thing at 3 o'clock on, on signing day. But both of those guys are in the same boat, sort of, for me, and they're sort of wild cards. Like, I don't feel like Wyatt Cooper scratched the surface of what he can be. He's like a 6'6", 205-pound kid, right? I think he's going to get bigger, faster, stronger. He was talking to me about having to put in hard work. I think he's a high-ceiling guy, good athlete. He's coming off of knee injuries. Got to get surgery for that coming up. Um, and Vincent Carroll Jackson, 
this time last year thought he was going to be a celebrity chef. Which he still, you know, still, and, still can don't don't dismiss that he can still be a celebrity chef. He's six five and they list him at two eighty. He's probably still about two fifty, is my guess. Uh, he's very raw, but he's super athletic. You know, CDE's kid. And by the time people got through looking at his film here, he he legitimately had Georgia in town, you know, in Florida, some SEC schools. So both of these guys, I think, are sort of high upside guys that are that'll be interesting to watch what they do locally. Anything you guys want to say about them or and statewide too? I think we got a good class coming. I mean, Jackson Carroll, he's a he's an example of how quickly word spreads um, in the recruiting world, right? He's literally an unknown guy. Someone, you know, some college program notices him. I think, I forget if Kent State was one of the first ones. They notice him. You watch the film, you see that first step, which is ridiculous for a guy his size. Um, you see that it's legitimate. Uh, you see the level of competition he goes against. All of a sudden, you got Kirby Smart looking at his film. And uh, I think it's a really cool story. He seems like a great kid. And, uh, you know, why Cooper, uh, kind of an underrated part, I feel like, of that Trinity team. Um, Obviously got hurt, um, but uh, I think he'll. I think he's at a. That's a good spot for him as well. That's a pretty good, you know, non Division One program to end up at. Guys, I'll say again. I think you know statewide too. Javen Williams going to Penn State. Rodney Gallagher, team wide over in York's going to West Virginia. I think West Virginia did really well getting him and Josiah Trotter and Rodney Gallagher. We'll have a big day in state. Epler will be doing kind of where those guys statewide are expected to sign in the morning. This will probably come out after signing day. Um, but, you know, we got a lot of other stuff in the works. Football season never ends at Penn Live. Uh, I know Epler right now is working with the riders on the uh, uh, Riders All-State team. Yep. Um, and, and so, you know, maybe we can come back and talk about that in our mid-pin team and some of the other postseason stuff here in a week or two. Yep. How's that process going real quick before we sign off? I know everybody always asks me, Epler, I'm yeah. not lying to you. I get a bunch of coaches in my inbox. Yeah, I'm sure you do too. Asking yep. me about when all states coming and and how that goes, and how it works. So, anything you want to say about the process? Right. Well, now? I don't want to give I don't want to give hard dates on when it's going to be released yet. But we are going to try to beat the new year. We were a week later now in the season than we were last year. So last year we did get it in between Christmas and New Year's. This year maybe toward the end of that week. But right now we're in the process of getting everybody on the voting ballots and sending them out. Um, hopefully they'll be out by Wednesday afternoon uh, to the writers. And then once those come in, I tally everything up, formulate the teams, and then we'll be able to release them. We're going to re- do the same thing. We'll release three teams uh, each day. Um, we're going to go probably class one, two, and three this time, and then four, five, and six on the following day. Um, but that'll be that. But, yeah, maybe next week uh, we'll, I'll go over the process on what happens and how this process works. Brian, because it'll take a little while to explain it, mm-hmm. so maybe we'll maybe we'll save that for next week because we'll still that's that'll still be outstanding. Yeah, so we got like I said, we got a lot of stuff, guys. We got our mid pen all star team coming out at the end of the week. Uh, we've already had some all star teams. We got the writers team coming up. February we got another signing day. It never stops because right after that, guess what? We go into spring. Football season doesn't end. We'll be here every week with the with the podcast, guys. It was great to catch up with you again. I thought you guys did a really great job out at state championships. I thought Cumberland Valley did a great job. thought it all looked good, uh, you know. And, uh, hey, next week, maybe we'll talk some All-State, Riders All-State team. Sounds good. 
The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash central PA sports med to learn more.